Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm Danny Smith. And on the agenda today is an alarming report on how fatal accidents are disproportionately affecting our most seasoned employees. To put it bluntly, older workers are dying on the job at a higher rate than workers overall. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, outside of the pandemic years of 2020 and 2021, there have been around 3,000 fatal workplace injuries for employees aged 45 and older over the past number of years. That's roughly two-thirds of the workplace deaths solely in that age group. Now, certainly the pandemic has created some unusual dynamics in terms of when people are retiring, but we're finding more and more baby boomers and, well, even some older Gen X folks like me are still at it. Prior to the past couple of years, lots of older folks were staying in the workforce longer, but now it seems that some are retiring early as well. Well, some are semi-retiring anyway. In many cases, what we're seeing in some of the new trends are that people are trying to stay in the workplace, but just in a different capacity, perhaps something other than full-time, perhaps some consulting or part-time roles uh, with their previous companies or with other companies, just to extend their careers a bit. So it's clear that many of us, including, well, some of us who don't necessarily consider ourselves to be old, that we find ourselves at a higher risk in a lot of ways due to the physical changes associated with the natural aging process. I've often said myself that, uh, well, I I don't bounce up anymore. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I see my grandson fall and he bounces right back up again. You know, it's like there's just a spring in his rear or something. Anyway, he just comes right back. Even some younger adults are capable of doing the same thing. But I can tell you, you add a few more years, and if you're like me, maybe a few extra miles as well from travel, well, what could have been a minor workplace injury can turn into something much more serious or perhaps even a fatal one. Those changes include gradually worsening vision, hearing impairment, uh, reduced response times, uh, perhaps just some balance issues overall, or maybe even some chronic medical or muscle issues such as bone problems or perhaps arthritis. Think about a very specific, unfortunate incident that happened in Chicago a number of years ago, uh, just to help us frame this conversation a bit. William White, who was 56 at the time, fell 25 feet while he was working on Chicago's South Side on September 24th of 2015, and he later died because of the injuries he sustained. I thought it wouldn't happen to him, his son said, William White Jr., during an interview. Accidents happen. He just made the wrong move. Now, the first thing I would say with this is obviously accidents happen is not really acceptable when it comes to serious injuries or fatalities. And like you, I'm guessing part of the answer may be on the Safe Start card, although there were some potentially other things in the organization that they may need to look at as well. Keep in mind, this isn't a fault-finding exercise towards the organization or the individual here. I do think it's pretty easy to see here that complacency may have played a role in Mr. White's fatal accident. And here's why I say that. His son said his father had been working in the same Chicago-based warehouse for over a decade and was a manager when he fell to his death. My dad was the best at what he did. He's the one who taught me everything I know, said the 26-year-old Chicago resident. He went up to get an item for a delivery driver, and the next thing you know, he made a wrong move and he fell. The job is fast-paced, and everybody is rushing. 
Thomas Steed, the principal officer for Teamsters Local 703, said that White knew the safety procedures and that he couldn't understand why White didn't wear a safety harness. He was, quote, a very conscientious employee, he said, as his voice was cracking with emotion. Now, I don't know about you, but based on the idea that it was a fast-paced and everybody is rushing comment from his son, I might be tempted to also check off rushing in this scenario as well. But remember, rushing is going faster than you normally go, so we can't really make any assumptions there, can we? Since I have no idea how fast was too fast or how fast was normal, I'll just leave that to the more qualified experts on their site. But I would also suggest that the company, the organization, needs to stop and perhaps evaluate their overall culture by asking questions like, are we as a company creating an environment where employees are habitually rushing? Now, in most states, the fatal accident rates for older workers were consistently higher than comparable rates for all workers. A few examples, uh, in Nevada, New Jersey, and Washington, they had the greatest percent increase in fatal accidents for older workers between 2006 and 2015. Uh, the three states, by the way, with the biggest decreases were Hawaii, Oregon, and Vermont. And it's also interesting that during that same time period, eight states saw their overall workplace fatality rates drop, even as the rate for older workers increased. So what types of accidents are contributing to the deaths of these older workers? Well, I don't think, first of all, that we can ignore transportation accidents because those account for a large portion of fatal workplace accidents and incidents for all age groups. And certainly that's the case with senior uh, and more older workers as well. One interesting note, the Associated Press recently did an analysis that showed older workers were involved in about one in four fatal workplace accidents related to fires and explosions. And that study was from 2011 through 2015. Now, the National Center for Productive Aging and Work is pushing for changes in the workplace to make it safer for older workers. This year-old project is a part of, the, of NIOSH, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, and it's emphasizing productive aging, looking at how people can be more productive, and how their wisdom can be leveraged in the workplace, which is a vastly important concept in my opinion especially as we begin to see lots and lots of older workers leaving the workforce. And as they leave, they're taking their years of knowledge and experience with them. In addition to the issue of workplace fatalities among older workers, we, yes, I'm including myself in that group, also experience a significant number of injuries. So let's unpack that just a bit. Back pain was the most prevalent injuries, with 19.4% saying they have experienced it because of their work. Among all industries, construction recorded the highest rate of worker-related injuries, 48.6%. According to the Mayo Clinic, back pain can result from either activity or inactivity. The use of force, like lifting or moving heavy objects, can also cause back pain. But the clinic also warned Inactive jobs or desk jobs can also contribute to back pain, especially if you have poor posture or sit all day in a chair with inadequate back support. Repetitive motions associated with desk work can also be a factor in back pain. Now, long-time listeners of the program are going to know that when we have an ergonomics issue, I'm going to bring in Dr. Robert Cannon for advice. So here's a bit of a conversation I had earlier with Doc in which he gives some great advice 
to everyone, regardless of your age. The future is upon us, as they say. We're getting older. That's very good news. Folks who haven't seen us in a while notice that we look a little bit different, you know, our hair color, skin texture, bit of weight gain maybe, but dig a little bit deeper and below the surface, no surprise, we're changing there too. Our tendons, muscles, and ligaments are degrading, blood flows reducing, and so is your ability to do stuff. Okay, that wasn't nice to hear, but you do that already. The good news, we have a choice. I've been teaching personal ergonomics for over 40 years all over North America, and I've watched how this plays out time and time again. As my daddy used to say, getting older ain't for chickens. So here's the pitch. You do have control, maybe not over disease, some genetics or the effects of past injury, but over how you will feel and what you will be able to do. A lot of us get complacent early on thinking that somehow we won't be like our parents or the guy next door or maybe your friend at work. But my many years of professional experience tells me that you will, unless you get involved. And not when we retire right now. Involved is easy. You've heard it so many times. Get out there and walk, swim, ride your bike, whatever floats your boat, as they say. And this is the big one. Stretch every day. Get all those parts moving. Exercise benefits are very clear. You're stronger, more flexible to do everything you do, and you have less pain. And how about this? Better memory. That's a big one. And balance. You know that many older people have balance issues which can result in life-changing nasty falls. Old story, but so important. Danny said something in a podcast that we did together a few months ago. Take care of your knees. You're going to miss them when they're gone. Your choice. Don't let complacency change your future. Lots of professional help out there, including the special folks at Safe Start. In addition to some of the physical injuries or illnesses, uh, there's also some other things that are very common as well. The CDC survey also found that 6.3% of workers said mental health issues like depression could also be work-related. The CDC stressed that its numbers may not reflect the full extent of the on-the-job connection to illness and injury either, in part because only current employees were surveyed. Respondents who left the workforce because of work-related health problems, retirement, family commitments, or other reasons just were not captured by their analysis. So work-related health problems likely represent a public health problem that is larger than is assumed because of the lack of information. Now, before I offer a remedy to this challenge, let's review the many benefits that seasoned workers offer. Uh, I mentioned some before. Uh, number one, there's a wealth of knowledge and wisdom that these older workers possess, and it's critical that we find ways to capture that before they retire permanently. Mentoring across generations is something that many organizations find very valuable to capitalize on their experience, critical thinking, and sheer knowledge that just can't be taught at some 
something that has to be experienced. So think about that. In some industries, it takes years for workers to gain the technical skills needed just to do their job. In one of my conference presentations, I talk a little about some of the generational differences that we see in the workplace. And if there's one group that gets blamed for everything, it's the millennial generation. Do you realize now, though, that the older parts of Gen Y, the millennial group, are now in their late 30s and early 40s? In other words, they're not very far away from experiencing some of the issues that we've been talking about themselves. And 35% of the current U.S. workforce are millennials, and it's estimated that globally they're going to represent 75% of the global workforce by 2025, and that's not that far off. And like their Gen X uh, or baby boomer parents or grandparents, they're starting to experience some of those physical issues and mental issues as well. And as I mentioned before, they're not bouncing back when they fall anymore either. As my colleague and one of our other senior consultants, Jack Jackson, likes to say, Father time is undefeated, or you could just put it this way, none of us are getting any younger, right? So we've touched on some of the benefits that older workers bring to the table, and I talked earlier about things like cross-generational mentoring to capture some of that knowledge and experience before it walks out the door for the final time. Now, you may be thinking, well, what does this have to do with safety or more specifically with injury prevention? At Safe Start, we literally talk to thousands of safety and operations professionals every year, and they tell us there are three very common challenges that they face, uh, injuries, engagement, and culture. And we found that all three are very much interwoven together. And finding creative ways to bridge some of the generational gaps is a great way to positively affect and impact all three of those areas. Let me give you a simple example. Uh, I'm 56, so I recall the birth of the personal or desktop computer. And back when I was in high school, you didn't use a keyboard, you used a, a typewriter. Now, no, I didn't walk up hills in the snow both ways to get to school. Well, I'm from Alabama, so you knew that wasn't true anyway, right? But for me, and for some folks slightly older than me, we had to learn to use computers. It wasn't something we grew up with. It was an acquired skill. And not everybody today, even well, none of your business years later, well, probably 35 plus years now after high school, uh, not everybody today has acquired that skill or they may not be as proficient with it. If you don't believe that, just try explaining how to use a new iPhone to one of your older relatives. Voice of experience there. So in the business world, let's apply it there. Those who haven't or perhaps don't easily adapt to technological changes can be perceived as being slower or sometimes more resistant. But sometimes it's not that. It's just that they're not comfortable using the new technology. They ask questions like, why do you need to send me an email? Can't you just tell me what I need to know? So here's an idea for you. In those situations like that, if you pair older workers who perhaps struggle with some of the technology with some of the younger folks who excel at that, they can help to mentor them, right? And the younger folks can actually help mentor the older generation. At the same time, you can coach the younger generation to be asking questions about some of those key operational procedures and key safety procedures that the older generation has worked with for years. And that way, the younger generation can continue to build on the knowledge base that the older workforce has. And by the way, one of the generational characteristics of the baby boomers in particular is that they are extremely motivated by legacy. So what better way to appeal to them than 
to ask them to help ensure their legacy knowledge and experience is passed on to the next generation of workers. While we're talking about some of the generational characteristics, one of the things with many millennials is they have a strong desire to see their talents developed by their employers. So by pairing them up with someone that they can be coached by, they're learning more and developing their own talents. So that appeals to them as well. And in the process, if you can get the, the young dogs to keep teach the old dogs some new tricks in that process, then I guess that's just beneficial to everyone, isn't it? There's also evidence out there that suggests these mixed-aged teams in the workplace are far more productive than teams of workers of the same age. And I hope you can see where I'm going with this. Setting up these cross-generational teams can help provide ways to engage everyone, regardless of their age. It also improves your overall culture of the organization because now they're not struggling old versus young. They're mentoring each other. They're helping solve problems together. Now, I get it. That may sound like a bunch of touchy-feely gobbledygook to you, but, but I can tell you from experience, it really, really works. So back to the issue of injuries for just a moment. The third challenge that we hear many safety pros deal with on a regular basis, in addition to engaging folks and improving overall culture, how can we reduce injuries at the same time? Well, I don't have time to go too deeply into that discussion today, but I can tell you there's lots of data out there that suggest highly engaged workers are much less likely to be injured. So it's not really touchy-feely at all, is it? So one key thing that we can do to help our older, more experienced workers is to teach them skills like we learn in Safe Start, to deal with complacency. And that's really, really important because it's easy as we get older to think things like, well, I've done this job so many times I can do it with my eyes closed or otherwise just not focusing on the hazards associated with the task that we're doing in the moment. I think of an article Larry Wilson wrote years ago called Complacency, the Silent Killer. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, by the way. In that article, Larry talks about how everyone should respect complacency, but You'll never hear an inexperienced worker say something to the effect of, well, we've done it this way and never had a problem. That is almost exclusively in the realm and domain of the experienced worker or sometimes the older worker, right? That's not to say that all of us don't experience complacency. For that reason, I suggest everyone participate in the Rate Your State process. And we did a podcast on that a while back. I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. So let's go back to our example from earlier, the tragedy of the White family for just a moment. If Mr. White had taken a moment and filled out a Rate Your State card before the job, maybe thinking a bit about how complacent or how rushed he may have been, perhaps considering his level of frustration at having to do that particular task at that time, maybe some fatigue. We don't know all the details, right? But I'm thinking that perhaps, maybe, just for a moment, he may have paused and considered putting that fall protection on. Sadly, we'll never know. But certainly that's something for us to think about. Folks, that'll do it for today. I want to thank each of you for sharing some of your time with us. And please share this episode with your leadership group and both with younger and older workers in your organization. Until next time, I'm Danny Smith reminding all of us to keep working on those safety-related habits to help combat complacency. Have a great day. 